When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show that you can twist up in a rolling paper and burn down to the roach because there will be another fatty show coming up in no time at all. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak, but you can call me Papaganja of the Propaganja today. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 24th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 Truth one interview at a time. Today's guest on Hemp Present will be Doug McVeigh, editor of Drug War Facts, which is sponsored by Common Sense for Drug Policy. But first, on May 1st, 2008, Seattle-area musician and songwriter Tim Guerin passed away in a hospital of liver failure. Tim had been denied a transplant by the University of Washington simply because he had a doctor's recommendation to use medical cannabis. Tim wasn't even using pot at the time, but that did not matter. Guerin's private physician had authorized Tim to smoke pot to alleviate nausea and abdominal pain and to stimulate his appetite. I knew Tim Guerin, and he was not only an amazing and gifted singer, musician, and songwriter, but he was a tremendous person with a thousand-watt smile. The man was simply full of life, and he had a wonderful family that he loved so much. But Tim was allowed to die merely because he had a connection to medical marijuana, even though the doctors in that hospital and other hospitals routinely prescribe a host of the most toxic, dangerous, and expensive drugs ever to have been produced. Millions of Americans have been persecuted because they had or grew or sold some pot. But to be victimized and persecuted because you need some cannabis is really a low blow to the medical midriff. We just keep hearing news story after news story about the stunning potential that the cannabis plant apparently offers in terms of the prevention, management, treatment, or even cure for the ravages of some disease. The list of conditions that may benefit from cannabis or its constituents is huge and growing, and that list is almost as long as the list of ways that medical patients have been denied, persecuted, harassed, scapegoated, and intimidated by prohibitionist policies and those enforcing them for many decades. But things are changing, albeit slowly. There is a stunning and extensive transformation coming, in fact, a conversion that has already begun, although we're still just in the larva stages of its development. Cannabis, I predict, is going to take the world over to some degree and transform it. I believe that the cannabis character transformation is inevitable and it will be relentless and unstoppable. 
I believe that cannabis, the multifaceted natural resource, is going to, in part, revolutionize the building industry, greatly impact the prevention and treatment of disease, the processes of environmental preservation and restoration, the agricultural industry, and beyond. I believe in the coming years, the introduction of cannabis into mainstream societies will lead to decreased rates of pharmaceutical use and abuse, as well as illicit hard drug use, less use of alcohol, for example, will inevitably lead to fewer incidents of violence, less vehicular fatality, suicides, and, of course, less alcohol-related disease. Which leads me to a weekly component of the show, my word of the week. This week's word is incrementalism, which is defined as a method of working by adding to a project using many small incremental changes instead of a few extensively planned large jumps. While there remains much debate as to whether or not incrementalism is a good general strategy to achieve real demonstrable legalization, the reality is that it's exactly how it's happening anyway. Piece by piece, mind by mind, policy by policy, and in many cases, jurisdiction by jurisdiction, the foundations of prohibition are crumbling underneath its behemoth hide, increment by increment. Each measure of advancement gets us closer to a day when no prison for pot is more than a bumper sticker slogan and where cannabis is forever treated like the relatively benign, potentially therapeutic natural substance that it is. A man who has been a gem in the legalization movement's crown for many years and has been working to these ends, and who is my guest today on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio, is Doug McVeigh, and he's with me now, and I welcome him. Good day. How you doing, Viv? I'm all right, Doug. Since 1998, Drug War Facts has provided reliable information on important public health and criminal justice issues. It's updated continuously by you, its current editor. A writer, a researcher, a speaker, not only are you the director of research for Common Sense for Drug Policy, sponsors of Drug War Facts, but you're a cannabis activist that's worked with many of the West Coast's leading risk takers, movers, shakers, and history makers going back to the early 80s. How are you, Doug? How's it shaking, my brother? It is going well. It's a beautiful day, and it's good to be here. Now, you did reform work with Jack Herrer Institution, Jack Herrer, John Sajo from Voter Power, Sandy Burbank, Steve Hager, Steve D'Angelo, Debbie Goldsberry, even the late Ben Maisel, only to name a few. Did you ever think that you yourself, Doug, would find yourself gently easing into the position of a movement elder? You know, I got to be honest, I was kind of hoping we'd have this whole thing sort of done and dusted by now. But- <laughs> I guess I kind of screwed up the timeline somewhere along the way. You know, I thought that at some point I wanted to have a nice little coffee and tea shop and with, you know, with Urban, I'd be, you know, sitting in back, smoking a pipe. It's a lovely, lovely idea. And I realized after a while of getting in this that it's really not ever going to happen. I mean, the drug policy reform and marijuana legalization is that marathon, not a sprint thing. There is going to be a lot of work to do even after, well... You've got legalization of a sort in Washington state. We have legalization of a sort here in Oregon, but we have a long way to go before you can really say that marijuana is legal and before we have rules and regs that are reasonable and acceptable. And as just for weed, there's a lot more we have to do too. Yes, sadly, legalization is a process, not an event, as we wish it would be. You have your own radio show called Century of Lies, that you were kind enough to have me on a few weeks ago in anticipation of Seattle Hemp Fest, which just got over. How was your Hemp Fest experience, Doug? Have your clothes dried out yet? 
Oh, yeah. Now, by the second day, it was beautiful, though, that Saturday and Sunday. Had a great time. Got lots of great audio and some good photos. Photos are up on my Facebook page, which is just Doug McVeigh. The audio, I've actually done two Century Alive shows since the Hempfest, which have been devoted to Seattle Hempfest. Interviews mostly. A little bit of audio from one of the panels. And it's been great. Since you mentioned the radio show, I've got to, of course, mention the executive producer of the Drug Truth Network, the person who created Century of Lies and who lets me produce and host that show each week, and that's Dean Becker, my friend. His flagship show, Cultural Baggage, and will be the new installment of that's out today, in fact, as we record this. Yeah, Dean is a wonderful guy another tireless warrior. You are the editor of the annual publication Drug War Facts, found at drugwarfacts.org, which is both an online and hard copy publication that I believe is updated on an ongoing basis. What is Drug War Facts, Doug? How did it come to be? And can you briefly describe your role as editor? Sure enough. Drug War Facts is an idea that a couple of guys had back in the late 90s. Robert Field, he's an investor, real estate guy, and a philanthropist who lives in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, got together with Kevin Zeese, who, of course, is a former director of National Normal. He was one of the co-founders of the Drug Policy Foundation the organization which came around first, then the Linda Smith Center merged with it, and then that all became the Drug Policy Alliance. Kevin, of course, is now uh, doing a lot of work on the just general left-wing kind of progressive politics. It's really great. But it's a book, and it's a website. The publication in print, actually, we haven't done for the past couple of years. It's grown and expanded over time. The idea is to provide credible facts with full, complete citations, links back to the original sources. We want to basically equip people to be able to participate in the drug policy debate. I mean, whichever side you're on, the facts are the facts. And really, the facts point toward reform. But that's our job. The drug policy debate generally has been characterized by a lot of dissembling and distortion and myth. So our purpose is to straighten that out, to help the debate move forward. The entire phenomenon of cannabis prohibition has been possible because of our government's ability to make up lies about cannabis and the media's ability to promote them as factual. From the very beginning, it's been kind of an information psyops war. How did they get away with it? You know, you deal in facts. How did they pull this off? The information out there is available, but you have to know where to look. And then what you've got is a lot of different sources. Now that the web makes things easier to find. You'd think it would be so much easier to get the facts, but there are people out there who will still distort and dissemble, and they'll still exaggerate and lie. People don't always cite their sources. A lot of times things come off the top of their heads, and especially true when you're talking about, I mean, politics aren't moved by facts and the like. Policy debates are moved by emotion. I mean, it sounds good, it feels right, so it must be right. And that, unfortunately, is not a great way to run a railroad, certainly not a great way to run a democracy. The facts, like I say, well, and some of them are behind paywalls. You've got to actually dig around and either subscribe to a rather expensive journal or write very nicely to one of the authors in order to get a copy of the full text so that you can see what the thing actually says. Just knowing where to look. I worked in a reference library at one point, and I found out that that's really the key to seeming really smart, is knowing where to find stuff. Having access to all these things and being able to find access. 
I am speaking with Doug McVeigh, editor of Drug War Facts on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. We're going to take a pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws. And we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out MJWellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now... Back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Doug McVeigh, editor of Drug War Facts. Doug, Drug War Facts is produced by Common Sense for Drug Policy, of which you are on the board. You spoke very briefly about that, but tell us a little bit more about Common Sense for Drug Policy. What does the organization do and how can people find out more? It is at csdp.org. The website used to be quite a heavy blog, actually. I did a lot of stuff on a lot of different topics. I pulled back in 2008. In fact, I left the group entirely, went out to the West Coast for a couple of years. Still out here, but I'm back working on the book. Common Sense for Drug Policy is a private foundation. It doesn't have memberships. It doesn't have donations. You go to our websites at csdp.org or the flagship drugwarfacts.org. You don't get hit up for money. We don't ask for your information. Sorry, we don't have marijuana leaf graphics or any bud babes. It's just about information. We wanted to get a website that anyone, not just people who already agree, could look at and could use. If I have a sheriff's department or a congressman's office or, you know, a drug treatment facility or your kid's school looking at this website, drugwarfacts.org, I want them to think, huh, a lot of good information. 
better bookmark that thing. And we've had that, which is one of the reasons it succeeds. Like I say, we don't pander, and we don't come at it from... I'm trying to figure out what it means by a user perspective. I've been smoking pot since I was 18 years old. I'm 52, about to turn 53. So from a user's perspective, I'm the editor, have been 15 years. I think that's a user's perspective. But I, th- I guess that means we don't try and pander to the stereotypes. And then it's like, you know, that's true. It's the idea, as I say, provide useful information. Really, when you look at the facts, reform is an obvious choice. Legalization of marijuana, obvious choice. Harm reduction, expansion of treatment, substitution treatment, decriminalization of all drug use, major criminal justice reforms, the progressives are right. That's what the facts show. I say, the problem is you've got to have people with a passion for justice, for truth, and for a better society then you've got to have them out there actually letting that passion out. People need to know this is a good idea. They need to feel it. It's that heart and minds thing. The minds, we've got that already. But the hearts, that's where you make real change in policy. Hillary Clinton had it wrong. You have to change their hearts or else you'll never have lasting policy change. The facts are great, but if it weren't for people like you, Viv, and that beautiful event that you do each year, Hempfest. I mean, now that's passion. That's spirit. That's out there. Why would somebody do something like this in a place where, heck, you can already go to a store and buy the stuff? Well, it's because you're not free yet, and you're not going to stop till it's free. That, that feeling, you know, that's pretty powerful. That sways people. But yeah, the drugwarfacts.org, it helps you to get the facts straight, and that way you don't make mistakes when you're in a debate, because that can really be embarrassing. So, you know, you get the facts behind you, and that makes reform move forward. Doug, I've got a question that's really down on my list of questions. I'm just going to race down to it, because I want to make sure that it gets asked. Early in the, your formation as a pot activist, you had the experience to work with Jack Herrer, who was somewhat of a mentor for you. What was Jack, of course, who's the author of the seminal book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes? What was Jack Herrer like as a person? What was that time period like for you? You know, when you know somebody before he becomes a t-shirt, it's real weird. Jack was this dude who used to like to eat fried chicken and JoJo's, drove around in a van, talked a lot of crazy stuff, and uh, (laughs) ran a couple of head shops, and, you know, it was fun as heck. He taught me a lot. Caught me at a real weird time, too. My grandfather had a lot of influence on me growing up, and he passed away in 1983. My father passed away in 1984. So when I was in Oregon in 1984, working on the initiative, and then back there in 85 to again work on the marijuana initiative, working with Jack, I mean, he's a force of nature. So I was really in need of a powerful male figure, powerful role model, and boom, there he was. Like I say, it's weird knowing somebody before he becomes a t-shirt. I remember the book when it first came out. This is brown copy that he wanted to get it printed on hemp, but he couldn't. And it looked totally different than the one that Chris Conrad worked with him to produce many years ago. Much different than what we have now. In fact, a lot of the information, the historical stuff, didn't even show up until a couple of years later. A friend, Barry Stull, went out to D.C., went to the Library of Congress, brought back just literally a steamer trunk filled with material, photocopies of old documents and publications and books and magazines, basically looking at the way hemp was being viewed and the way it changed and how the, the prohibition started. 
it was a great experience. It made me realize that this was not just a job or a thing to do for the summer. I mean, I'm a progressive. I believe in social justice. That's where I'm rooted. And I saw back in the mid-80s that the drug movement, legalization movement, drug policy, was the unwanted stepchild of social justice. There was no one doing it, and the social justice activists who'd sit behind closed doors and smoke a joint with me or sit outside and have a beer with me didn't want to talk about legalization and such out loud, not unless they were forced. And I just, I knew we had to just work on this stuff because that just wasn't right. I'd say, and that's people like Jack and John and Sandy and Fred Orther and, and other folks, some of whom you named, and I won't go into it because it's too long a darned list. But you realize at some point that social justice activism is a lifestyle. It is a way of life. And the drug policy reform movement comes out of that. If this were just a job or an excuse to have a party, I'd have quit years ago. Well, Doug, you've, speaking of those folks you just mentioned, you've been involved in cannabis reform politics in the Oregon region and beyond since at least the early 80s. You were involved in many campaigns to legalize there. You were also involved in the movement to pass Oregon's recent measure, 91, that won and made Oregon one of the four states so far to legalize pot. What was that like for you, and what was the difference between those other attempts and this last successful one? Back in the 80s, we had the idea of the Oregon Marijuana Initiative. got up on the ballot in the 86 election cycle. In fact, we got it on there in record time. Measure 5, as it was then, would have allowed any adult over the age of 18 to possess and cultivate cannabis for personal private use. We never defined private. We never defined, didn't have number of plants, didn't have pounds or any other kind of thing. Technically would have forbidden permits and such, so the state would have had to make some changes to set up a regulated sales scheme. It would have made it legal to possess and cultivate whatever you wanted for yourself as long as you were above the age of 18. We got 26% of the vote. In the 1986 election, we had federal government, we had attorney generals, we had all kinds coming down on us, and we still got 26% of the vote. And we learned a lot. And among other things, the idea of these initiatives being so powerful. You can communicate to people on a one-to-one basis, do that retail politics, then if you get on the ballot, you get a chance for the wholesale politics. It's beautiful. That, I think, was the biggest lesson we had. I took that with me to normal shortly after that. Measure 80, of course, which failed a couple years ago, was a great idea. But Measure 91, regulated, taxed, very refined, very narrow, it passed. And it's great, like I said, but it's not done yet. We're a few decades in, but we still got a long way to go. But we're getting there. We are talking to Doug McVeigh, editor of Drug War Facts on Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. We're going to take a brief pause, hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back with the last few questions and a wrap-up for the show. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Cannabis Radio. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hempresent. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. com, your guide to the cannabis business world. com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. 
Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. You could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Doug McVeigh, editor of Drug War Facts. Doug, I could talk to you for hours, man. You know, we go way back, and I was just on your awesome radio show not long ago. What advice would you have for someone who is today at that place that you were in the late 70s or early 80s, having a desire to get involved in the struggle for legalization? What words of wisdom would you share with your political progeny? I would say jump into it. Get smart, get educated, learn this stuff, and go. Try to get as accurate as you can, but whatever you do, don't let the unknown scare you. I think we're past the point of the, uh, oh, the cops will be watching you kind of thing. I mean, maybe, but who cares? <laughs> maybe they'll learn something if they do. The main thing is find your voice and use it. Boil it down to just that. Find your voice, make use of it. This, this is a little bit non-sequitur uh, from these other questions, but I think you learn a lot about the inner workings of somebody if you ask them this question. That is, what music do you like to listen to, Doug? What do you got on your iPod? <laughs> well, the cats, enjoy, the cats enjoy some cool jazz, but what I usually do it's a, it's a variety of stuff. Well, let's see. Thomas Mafumo is a fantastic artist. There's a lot of jazz on there. My Charlie Parker collection is pretty good. My John Coltrane collection is pretty amazing. Pharaoh Saunders really good. For inspiration, you can't beat people like The Last Poets. Sometimes, oh, there's a great Pharaoh Saunders with The Last Poets produced by Bill Laswell. Ooh, just amazing stuff. A good beat and a good message. Got the uh, the Cannonball Adderley Quintet, Country Preacher, song he did to Jesse Jackson back in the move days. Yeah, that sort of thing. I love jazz. I love something that's got a beat and has got some feeling. You can say it's that passion thing. I don't really do a lot of pop music, but if I'm forced, I'll listen to it. I just don't do commercial radio. I'm one of those public radio guys. Nice, nice. I think we would probably musically get along because I uh, like the progressive and traditional jazz stuff myself. Doug, thank you so much. You know, thanks for being a part of HempFest for so many years. Thanks for being on my show. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for all the great advocacy that you've been doing. But most of all, just thanks for your friendship, man. It's great to talk to you again. Viv, you do a lot of terrific work, and it's really an honor. My partner wanted me to mention, by the way, that she finds you tremendously inspiring. And I'm not jealous. But uh, <laughs> Well, that's and, awesome. Uh, and you tell her that it's very perspiring for me. <laughs> so thanks, thanks, Doug. I, I hope to see you soon again, bro. Thanks for being on the show. Cheers, man.
I'm going to race to another weekly, the final feature of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio this week, and it's the quote of the week, and here it is. The illegality of cannabis is outrageous, an impediment to full utilization of a drug which helps produce the serenity and insight, sensitivity, and fellowship so desperately needed in this increasingly mad and dangerous world. And those words are from Carl Sagan, a brilliant mind and cannabis enthusiast. And that concludes this installment of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. Join me next week for my guest, Luis Santiago, operator of Greenworks Medical, because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so speak up for justice. Thanks for listening to Hempresent. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.